Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the IME Podcast. My name is Dominic Kilworth, athlete, personal trainer, business owner, and personal development enthusiast. I'm joined alongside with Jackson Tippett, who is also a personal trainer, influencer, and fitness model. Together, we are your host of this podcast, where with each episode, we'll bring you an inspiring message or person to help you live your best life. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Now, let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the I Am Me podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Tippett, and today we have on on board a very special guest um, all the way from USA. Um, It's very exciting to have him on board, Um, an uh, ex-writer and author on the Muscle and Fitness uh, magazine um, that some of you might have heard of. Um, I'm sure a lot of my audience would have. Um, Also a celebrity trainer, you could say, Um, a really successful PT and um, has worked with a lot of uh, high-end athletes like uh, sprinters, um, NFL players, and uh, vice versa. I have connected with um, Charles Flanagan for about, uh, I'm not sure now, probably a fair bit of time now um, over Instagram. We've chatted back and forth. Um, I really dig his style and he's just got something cool to offer and he's a little bit different and unique. So, um, First of all, I'm just going to introduce um, Charles. And Charles, do you just want to let the audience know a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hey, Jackson. Thank you so much. Um, you know who I am. I think you did a pretty good job. But uh, yeah, no, I've uh, I've trained, I've written. And uh, as far as, you know, you and I, are, our, our interaction, I've admired everything that you've done, you know, from the fitness side. And I thought what better way to kind of, uh, you know, go and uh, share platforms, you know, so I, I'm just glad to have this opportunity. Absolutely. Um, we're going to do some big things in the future, but uh, this is just the first. Um, I'm going to kick it off and start. Um, obviously, you know what's happening with all this um, quarantine and the virus. It's, you know, it's not just in Australia, it's everywhere in the world. Um I'm going to ask you a big question that a lot of clients asking me is um, training during quarantine. What's your thoughts and, you know, what's the best methods around it? Yeah, man. Thank you so much. And you know, it's, it's been, everybody's been kind of hitting me with that too. So we're training under the quarantine is going to be different is the biggest thing is nobody has access to a gym. You know, let's face it, you know, you don't have access to a gym. So what uh, a gym is typically going to do, a gym helps us to get to failure easy, right? So you're going to go in, you grab your dumbbells, your barbells, you know, three sets, uh, eight reps, and it gets you to failure. Well, we don't have that during the quarantine. We have ISO. We have our own body weight type stuff. So when you have that, you you can't get to failure that same way. So you're going to have to work in duration. You know, when you're working with a strength band and isoconnect band, something that works with resistance, you know, it's not a couple reps that's going to get you there. So, you know, you, you'd almost have to, you know, uh, switch the uh, the frame to duration. So, like, uh, you know, on a band, you're going to go three, you know, three to four minutes instead of uh, seven to eight reps, you know. So, the, the mind, mindset changes. A lot of everything changes, whereas, you know, you had treadmills. Everything has to change, you know, in, in diameter because, you know, we're quarantined. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um Listeners, take note of that because, um, yeah, you know, obviously, as you said, load's the main thing and that's the main factor. We have to try um, increase the intensity some way without, obviously, the added load um, 
that we used to have uh, via gyms. So, yeah, good points there. Um, going to ask you another question now. With uh, dieting, what do you believe is the most important thing um, in your opinion? I know there's lots of important things and I know diet is probably number one, but in dieting, what do you think is the most crucial thing to maybe factor or take note on? Um, right now, dieting, I'm, I'm always so weird about that word. You know, when you say dieting, I always try to tell people like meal planning or regimenting because diet, you know, first three words is a diet. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so what I always tell people is um, right now during the quarantine, you got to be cognizant of your calories and portions because we're inside. A lot of us are inside. And what that does is, you know, chemically, it makes you want to eat, you know, so we're, we're taking in a lot more things than we normally would. So I would tell people, this is going to be one of those times you got to be cognizant and start measuring out your food. And the reason why is because it's real quick, you know, you'll, you'll notice you're eating a lot more than you normally do. Um, two, um, be aware of your sugar intake. Um, the reason being is because sugar is one of the biggest things that leads to depression. Once you eat sugar, it's incredibly d- addictive and you keep on continuing the cycle. Uh, so I'd say that cognizant of sugar. Uh, also, you're going to be cognizant of your alcohol, you know, right now around quarantine, because again, you know, we're in a quarantine state. So what people want to do is they want to drink. But what that does is that kind of compounds effect. Alcohol is a huge depressant. It's also very, very big on uh, on, on dehydrating, you know, so it's it's uh, a kind of a compound. I think that, you know, one of the things that when we're in this, it's so easy to kind of, uh, you know, um, circumvent the problem by adding another problem you know and that's what i think that we need to be cognizant of this time right now is just to with the quarantine uh to start adapting some healthy habits so portion control making sure that you know you start prepping your food and uh being cognizant of the the, other food groups you know so so be healthy around this time yeah absolutely um awesome tips and um yeah obviously everyone knows that calories are most important um and yeah guys just obviously just be mindful of your eating and what you're actually eating um, because as you said, weighing your food is, yeah, it's a big thing because um, you know, by eyesight and that um, it all can't, it always, you know, isn't exact to the date um, on what you're actually, you know, you think you are, you could be off by a few grams here and there, but when it comes to a fat source and you're eating that um, every single day, it can definitely spill over and, um, course back game so take note on that guys um now i'm going to dip into obviously you uh did some writing on muscle and fitness um what was it like doing that and um what was your coolest your coolest uh write-up or article or something you did um man i had a lot of fun you know kind of back in the days when i would have started uh, there was so many you know different athletes that were coming up athletes and personalities um, so uh, initially early nineties, it would have been like <clears throat> primary focus for muscle and fitness would have been, uh, bodybuilders. But then, you know, as you start getting to the later two thousands, it started to be personalities. So like, I remember 50 cent and, uh, the rock and, uh, some of the introductions of these personalities, because that's what people were drawn to. And those type personalities, they started, uh, they started lifting too. So I, I didn't really train them, but what was kind of cool was, uh, I had buddies that did, you know, work and interact and train with them. You know, so um, a good friend of mine, and um, he's a competitor, Stan McQuay. Stan McQuay trained some pretty dope people. Like, he trained, you know, Dr. Dre. And I remember, you know, like, being at, uh, you know, Gold's Gym Venice around that session. 
you know, so that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, I'd say the biggest thing about it was seeing, you know, a lot of the different um, training routines change, you know, like I, I remember when, you know, there was a lot of uh, high volume. I remember when there was uh, periodization was really big. I remember when uh, hammer strength, when all anybody wanted to do was hammer strength. Um, so there, there's been so many different changes that I've seen that uh, it's been really cool that muscle and fitness have been a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that'd be cool to train with Dr. Dre, but um, that's another story. <laughs> um, what is your, with mindset, I, I know mindset's huge. Um, I take it big on my clients um, and, you know, motivation and stuff like that. How important is it in actually changing your physique? Um, you know, obviously if your diet and training is on point, do you think mindset takes it to a whole nother level or is it just another one of those little five percenters? Oh, bro, uh, you hit it right on the head. No, it's, it takes everything to a whole new other level. I mean, the uh, the body's always a steward to the mind, you know, so like what the uh, the mind perceives, the body achieves, you know. So, you know, with uh, a lot of the, the, the greatest physiques that I've seen, you know, the mentality behind them, you know, the mentality behind a lot of these people like uh, Iris Kyle is a good friend of mine. And I know that, um, you know, what I think she's what, 10 Olympia she's won. But, you know, she would tell me that, you know, the day before the show, you know, she'd be doing cardio for an hour, you know, she'd be looking in the mirror thinking that she wasn't ready enough, you know, thinking that there, there might be somebody that day that was doing more than her, you know, so um, mindset is everything. Mindset is everything, you know. Yeah, I really like that. And for everyone out there listening, you should definitely take that on board because, you know, if the, um, the, the top Olympia in the world is, um, you know, doing stuff like that and, you know, never thinking she's good enough, then I guarantee you, you guys can always improve and do that a little bit better. So even when you do think you're at the top of your game, um, there's someone always ahead of you. So you can do better. Um, yeah, I really love that point. That's I'm a big believer in mindset too. Um, nice, nice and easy one here, but um, very misconfused in the industry. Heavy versus light uh, training, like heavy versus light in the weight training. Which is better and why? I, you know what, man? I love this question a lot. And uh, the reason why is because it's always asked to me. Because people always look at me and they're like, oh, man, I, how much do you lift? And I know you train heavy. And it's kind of a misnomer because when you see somebody big, you always make the assumption that they train big. And that's yes and no. So I don't really think – I think that you have to <clears> – <throat> and people aren't going to like this answer, but I think you have to do both. So do I train 100% light? No, I don't do that. I do volume. But then there are things that I do very heavy. I think that you have to train both muscle fibers. You know, you have fast twitch and you have slow twitch. So, you know, to do things, your body recruits both. So you have to do both. So I don't think that one works better uh, than the other. I think that they're both very beneficial, especially when it comes to uh, having a, a well-rounded physique. So, Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, just like all things, you got to um, – they all have their own strengths and weaknesses. But for everyone listening out there, there's your answer. Um, definitely train both styles. Um, obviously, you can peri periodize between one or two. But, yeah, definitely heavy and light. Um, always incorporate them. Um, top five training myths. Um, yeah, what's your top five training myths? Uh, top five training myths is that, like, you know, people think that they're going to be able to do this overnight, you know. Yeah. Um, and and it's not over, an overnight thing. It's a huge one. And, and the reason being is, you know, when somebody looks at me, like, it to get the way I look, it didn't take a good prep. One good prep, it took 
years and years and years. So the best way I can tell people to think about a physique is think about a foundation. Think about slowly but time building, you know, building onto something. And, and when you see the, the greatest physiques, that's what it would be an accumulation of, of adding onto this foundation, adding onto this frame. Um, so that's, that's, that's one. Um, let me see. Uh, what's top, another big one? Top three one? if you want. Top three. Yeah. Top three if I want. Um, I don't know, Jackson. What was the another one? Uh, women, are, I think it's the big one too. Um, I gain muscle easy. <laughs> I, I, I gain muscle easy. <laughs> so for women, you know, I, I love that one because nobody gains muscle easy. If there was a way, gaining muscle takes time. It takes eating. It takes lots of heavy training. So just lifting heavy is not going to, you know, do it, ladies. But, uh, you know, I, I love that. I love it when people say that to me. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> And one, one more, one more training myth. Oh, uh, steroids are cheating. <laughs> steroids are cheating. The reason why I hate that one is because cheating implies that you have something that gives you an advantage without having to do something. That's simply not it. You know, steroids, you have to do a lot more so than you would without it. I mean, you know, you can't take a pill. You can't, you know, take a shot that's going to make you stronger than everybody without having to do something. You still have to train, you know, so it's a huge misnomer, but it's one that like, I, again, people keep saying, you know, like, um, you know, we've seen it in sports, you know, and again, I, I work with, uh, you know, different athletes and stuff like that. Well, coach, if I do this, you know, no, no. Will you be stronger? Maybe. Will your ability to recover? Yes. But will you be better? You know, that's all depending on the kind of athlete you are. Steroids have nothing to do with that. You know, they help your body to recover. You know, they don't make you better. You know, if you're, a, a, a mediocre, you know, basketball player, football player, and you take steroids, you know, you'll be a, a little bit stronger, but you'll still be a mediocre athlete. You know, if you're not good yeah. at something, it doesn't make you better. So, yeah, that's a great point there. Um, yeah. I'm going to ask you a pretty, yeah, kind of more in deep question now, but what, you know, I know you deal with a lot of, um, you know, celebrities and different trainers and that, and you've worked obviously in the magazines. What people think you have to have this perception to, if you want to be, you know, I'm talking more than mediocre now, um, superior, a bodybuilder, top-end athlete, um, you know, that really cover model physique, is steroids even needed? I know it's a very broad question, but in, in a sense, is steroids needed to be like that role model you want to be? That's a, it's a tough question, man. Um, you know, is it the look that it's going to take or steroids going to garner the look that the magazines want? Absolutely. Um, is it going to be the look that you want or steroids needed to be who you want to be? Well, that's an entirely different question. No, you don't have to take steroids to be happy. You don't have to take steroids to even have an amazing physique. There's a lot of people that I know that, you know, have never taken anything and that literally look naturally ridiculous, but there, there is a certain thing that they help you to do. Um, that, uh, you know, you, you can't do it on your own. It's just not possible. So like the look and some of the texture that the physiques that you see in those magazines, what they're doing is you, you can't do that naturally. You know? Yeah. That, it's, that it's was very, my very, question. Yeah. So, um, yeah. those cover models or, you know, most of those people on the front of the magazines, do you believe that is attainable natural? That's tough, man. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you can, <laughs> you can, yeah. um, you can. Um, but it's very, very rare, you know, and again, it, it takes, it takes a very rare breed. Even the people that I, I can say that, uh, you know, I know that are natural, you know, natural athletes, um, 
they still like the foundation. I mean, these guys started from like very, very, very young. So it's very, very rare is what I'll say. Very rare. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's a good point. And I think um, a lot of people, um, do you know what I mean? The thing that I don't like about the industry right now is um, all of these cover models and role models that we look up to, 90% of them claim natural when we know they're not. So it gives us this perception that, you know, young people look up to them and they think they can maintain it easy or it, it, they can look like that in, you know, X amount of time, which I think is very misleading and not good for, um, it is not good for mental space in or mental health in your image of, you know, your desired physique. And, and you know what, and I, and I apologize and I'll have to, because I, I come from that generation your generation, there's a little bit of a divide between us. You guys are more apt and more expressive. Like, hey, this is what it is. This is what I do, blah, blah, blah. Where I came from, that wasn't, it was super taboo. It was super taboo to talk about it. So like, even still now, the guys like in the circles don't want to. So you're right. The thing that I don't like about it is because it's not open forum. Um, it leads to people doing the wrong thing or not knowing about it, you know, and uh, that that's what I don't like. I don't think there's a lot more. There's a lot there's not a, enough education. Yeah. So then people do the wrong thing. So you, you're, you're so right. And I, I, with, I wish there was a little bit more transparency because real quick to sidebar off it, when you, you know, you, you take steroids as a substance, they're only banned in uh, some, some of the, these other countries. Like what, well, you know, you take uh, what Russia, the UK, um, they're not a banned substance. Uh, they're banned in the, in the States because it's a multi-billion dollar industry, you know? So uh, again, you know, it's a lot more for us to uh, take something like that. It's a lot uh, cost effective for us to make supplements than to legalize something that's doing a lot less. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, when you go to these doctors, you know, if you have certain uh, growth issues, they'll prescribe it. You know, even when, you know, males become a certain age, you know, you get uh, testosterone prescribed to you, you know? So it's funny when the, the pharmacy pharmacies, decide when they get dominion on how it's prescribed and it's administered then it's okay but when it's not then it's a drug it's bad you know so you know again you know if you go down to some of these uh anti-aging clinics which you know you go to an anti-aging um uh what do they call them uh serum not summer um but um what am i trying to say these little things these uh expos yeah anti-aging expos and they can actually, you'll have people there on site who can actually give you a test. They can give you prescriptions for everything right there on site, you know? So it's a little way to circumvent it, but it has to go through pharmaceutical guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, great points there. Um, I'm going to wrap up and um, I want to see what questions you wanted to ask me. If there's anything you, you know, you've always wanted to ask me, um, now's your chance and um, I'll happily answer it. Man, you know, what got you into uh, being a fitness influencer and, and going the way you do? And I guess, like, I see all the things you do with all your uh, your sponsors. If I wanted to, if I was a new guy and I wanted to get a, a clothing sponsor, what, what, what route would I go about? How would I go about being Jackson? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, gets asked every single day. Um, to be honest, it's not that complicated. It's more just uh, dialing it down to a T. So the first thing I would do is... Obviously, and I say this to everyone, you have to be, um, you have to have the look, first of all, you have to be unique, you have to either be in shape, depending what, um, 
depending what clothing brand we're going for. So there's obviously fitness, then there's obviously fashion, then there's obviously streetwear. So you got to either have a unique look to get into, you know, fashion, or you got to either have a, um, a superior physique to get into um, fitness wear. But once you have that and like, you know, um, obviously you would work on that before you want to do it. But in talking about you, um, you already have that. So now what I would go do is I would go do a professional photo shoot uh, with a photographer that you know, um, obviously it would cost money, but I think the return you get back is going to be definitely worth it. And this is the biggest tip is don't use half-assed content. So don't go and take a picture off your iPhone. I know some people can only do that, but you're better off waiting until you can do a professional photo shoot. So then when you go contact these brands, like whatever it may be, you know, we got, um, it might be Gasp, it might be, you know, right away, it might be, um, you know, there's some big brands around the world that you might want to um, contact. Then they're going to immediately ask you for, you know, a portfolio or photos of yourself because obviously you're going to be modeling their gear. So if you go show them, you know, uh, a photo that is um, a 10 out of 10 as opposed to a 5 out of 10, how much more likely a chance is going to be that they're going to send you some gear to rep and, um, you know, work with them? So, Number one is go do a, a photo shoot and build a portfolio to send to companies. Uh, the second is to literally do what I just said and go contact companies. So go write up a paragraph, a speech of introducing yourself and what you want to do and then go and flick that to brands that you want to work with. Um, people think that brands just contact you and I'll tell you this straight up now, I I think I'm pretty good at what I do and I've been working with a heck of a lot of brands. I'll tell you this straight up now. I contact 80% of them. It's not as easy as they think. People don't just run out of their way to contact you and, oh, I just want you repping my brand. you got to go do the work still. So if I still contact brands, then all of, you know, 90% of your listeners, you still got to go contact brands too. Um, so that's my second biggest tip. And then third of all is – um. What's my third biggest tip? Um, don't go for high-end brands at the start. So if you're the, this, this is the first brand you're ever going to work with, you don't go contact the biggest fitness brand in the world because they're clearly going to say no. So you've got to start low with lower key brands and then work your way up as you start to rep them. In all, they're probably my three biggest tips that I could give. Brother, I love those. I absolutely love those. And you know what? And even me being an experienced guy, I'm going to uh, definitely write down some of those. So you're absolutely right, brother. I love that. Thank you. No problems at all. But yeah, I think you could definitely, um, if if anyone puts their mind to it, man, there's no reason you yourself or anyone listening out here, um, if that's what you want to be is go rep brands or aspire to rep brands or be this um, fitness fashion model. To be honest, you can do it. You can put anything you put your mind to. It might take some time. But with those three tips I give you and, um, you know, consistency in time, I guarantee you can get there. So, um, yeah, I hope that uh, gives you a bit of information, a bit of insight um, on board. Um, we're going to wrap it up now, Charles. Is there anything you want to let the audience know before you finish? Um, obviously, we. I'm going to definitely get you on board again. This is just a teaser, guys. Um as to, you know, all the stuff we're going to be doing together. But um, is there anything you want to let the audience know before we uh, wrap it up? No, you know, just everybody, just keep grinding. Uh, you know, I'm just really glad to be on here. Keep following uh, Jackson and 
and, and this podcast. And uh, no, I appreciate everybody. Yeah, thank you so much. And every um, Charles, do you want to tell everybody your IG so just so they can go and give you a follow? Yeah, uh, no, my IG is Charles uh, underscore J underscore Flanagan. And that's Professor X. So yeah, just uh, Charles J Flanagan. And uh, give me a follow. And any other socials or platforms that people should reach out to you, or is Instagram your main one? Man, Insta's kind of where I'm vibing right now. I'm on LinkedIn, um, but uh, yeah, I'd say Instagram right now because that's where I'm kind of you know being a monster right now. I'm trying to follow in your footsteps, Jackson. You're definitely getting there. You're, you're there in different ways, and uh, we're gonna help each other. Uh, <laughs> um, humble. Humbled by that, brother. Humbled. <laughs> it was awesome to have you on board, man. Um, honestly, um, I know it was short and sweet, the podcast, but, um, you know, it's going to intrigue our audience to um, wrap up and listen to another one. I know you've got lots to tell. So um, for everyone out there listening, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, there were some great points in there. And, um, yeah, go give um, Charles a, a follow. And obviously, you all know my Instagram. And if you ever need any help, um, Happily just DM myself or Charles. Um, I know Charles will get back to you. He's um, awesome like that. So, yeah, reach out and um, keep following the podcast.